0: So we're his people, and God has a plan for us to be salt and light. Salt meaning that we're a preserving agent in culture at large, and then we reflect the light of Jesus Christ to the world around us. Now, friends, I want you to understand something this morning. That is what unites us, right? That, that alone, the reality that Jesus Christ stepped into the world, and by the, word of his, by the word of the gospel, Christ died for us on the cross, and that we are all sinners and we all come to him, the same way, and that's through the foot of the cross. That, my friends, is what defines us, it shapes us, and it motivates us. And that ultimately is what brings us together as a local New Testament church that is going to serve and love our community the very same way that Jesus loved and served those around him. Now, so many of us live with the presence of sin and not the power of Jesus. And I want you to understand this morning that Jesus came to change who we are, not just what we do, right? When Christ came, he didn't just come to fix the outside, the external. He came to change who we are, and that is the internal. And if you look at the Word of God, most of the time when you see Jesus getting frustrated or angry, he was angry at religious people who thought they had it figured out. But the folks that you see Christ showing compassion to are those who owned up to their brokenness and realized their need for a Savior. And they found that in Jesus Christ. And in Matthew chapter 5, as we continue walking through this uh, particular text, the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to find that Jesus gives us seven areas of our lives that need to shift. And I want you to be thinking about the shift that I need to make in my life in these different areas. And so Christ wants to change us from the inside out. And what we see is that followers of Jesus engage life and they engage others in a way, listen, that is transformed by Christ and not by the culture in which we live. Our lives must be uh, radically transformed, radically changed by who Christ is and how Christ lived and how Christ loved, not by the culture around us. That, my friends, is what distinguishes us as the people of God so that we can be the city on a hill, the salt and light that this world so desperately needs. And so this morning, consider the first area of our life that Jesus addresses for us to be salt and light. And that is anger. And it's difficult to have joy. Now listen to me. Mike's super funny. Can I get an amen on that? You guys didn't know this, but he's going to resign and join uh, John Christ on the road with that comedian. Those of you that find, he's good, Right? And so John Chris called him the other day. I was like, man, I hear you've been cracking jokes in church. And so we're going to send you out as a missionary. And so praise the Lord. No, I'm just kidding. I want to hear about that later. <laughs> it's difficult. Listen, it's funny because, you know, we, we joke, right? But, you know, really, can we be honest today? Isn't it hard to have a true impact on other people when you personally don't have joy in your own life? I mean, that could be in your marriage. I mean, maybe the reason your spouse doesn't listen to you is because you seem ticked off all the time. Maybe your kids aren't hearing what you're saying because all you do is correct them and there is very little compassion in your home. Maybe this morning you live with low-grade frustration and you're just angry and frustrated and aggravated with life and you don't even know why. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't be salt and light. You can't be the person that God wants you to be If there is a lack of joy and peace in your heart. So the big idea today is this, is when anger rules your heart, it will ruin your life. When anger rules in your heart, it will ruin your life. Now I need to clear this up before the Lord so that I can walk in integrity with you. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I prepared this message before I went on vacation, started working on it. And man, doesn't it seem like, I don't know those of you that are teachers, but when you begin to work on something, it seems like, to some degree, God begins to allow things to happen in your life to test you in that area. Like my kids were just crazy right before I went on vacation, right? And April and I just couldn't seem to connect on a couple of different issues. And so the week that I was prepping for this message, and, and spiritually, it was just rough, man. And I recall just laying into my kids and losing it on several occasions with our family, just, just straight up anger. And I, I don't know about you, but I tend to think, in those moments, or at least after the fact, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why I'm losing it, but I know this, I'd beat him up if I could. You know, I wouldn't let him talk to my wife that way. I wouldn't let him talk to my kids that way. And it was embarrassing. And I think if Mike and John and Ben would have seen... Uh, me uh, reacting in this way, I likely would have just resigned and just said, hey, look, I'm unqualified to, to, to be in this role. And so so I want you to understand something this morning. I, too, have got some work to do in this area of my heart for sure. But I want you to think about it this way. Maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe Maybe you have outbursts or you're just, listen, maybe you're just a person and you're just not at peace in your heart. Maybe there's just this unsettledness and this anger and this bitterness and this resentment in your life. And I want you to understand this morning, and I'm thankful that in the word of God to his people, to his disciples, to those who are following him closely, Jesus addresses in the scriptures in a loving way how you and I can be different than the world in which we live when it comes to the anger and frustration in our hearts. And the first thing that we find in this passage of Scripture in verses 21 and 22 is that that anger, it's rooted. Anger is rooted. It's easy for us this morning to say that anger is circumstantial. If you have uh, kids in your home, and specifically siblings, right, you get and understand this to some degree. Because how many, how much time do you spend as a parent you know, mitigating your kids' arguments and how they tattle. Well, I lost it because, you know, my brother did this to me, and I thought it was okay for me to basically pick up my biscuit and throw it and hit him in the side of the head. You know, you should have seen how he looked. I mean, are you guys with me? Like, kids just do that kind of stuff because they want to retaliate because they think their anger is justified because of the behavior or circumstance of someone else. You guys follow me? Now I'm gonna tell you. Now you know I'm gonna set you up. I'm gonna set you up. And I'm gonna knock you down, right? Listen, we do the same thing. We think that our anger too is justified, and we think that our anger is based on the circumstances in which we live. And so, so it's okay for me to yell at my coworkers or to yell at my employees because they don't listen, and I need to get the job done. So that justifies the anger and the lack of control that I have in my life. It's okay for me to yell at my kids because they don't listen to me and I've got to tell them three or four times to do something and they're unwilling to obey me so I'm going to lower the hammer because the ends justify the means. Jesus like flips this. And he says, Nah, man. It's an internal problem. Jesus reminds his followers that this isn't an external issue. It's an internal one. And his concern is primarily what's going on. Listen. Maybe jot this down in your notes today, but what is going on in my heart? What is it that I really want? What is my goal? And oftentimes, the goal is not to please God. It's not to love our children or our spouse or those around us the way that Christ has called us to love. Ultimately, many times, the goal is just to get the job done, to get what I want, to get what I think I need in this moment. Jesus, he says in this passage of scripture, if you'll read this with me, he goes, you've heard that it was said of old, you shall not murder. Now you could see a bunch of self-righteous people being like, yup, I've never murdered anyone. I'm good to go, right? But then he goes on and he says this, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, and I would say, or sister, will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults his brother or sister will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. Now, here's the problem. How you treated, his concern was not that you murdered someone. This is what it was all about. How you treated them long before you ever got to the point of taking life, that's what really matters. How you treat someone else before you ever take a life, that's what really matters. You know why? Because that's the real you. That's the real person on the inside. And Jesus said as much in Luke chapter 6, 45, when he said this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, if I were to have this simple illustration today, and I were to take a sponge, and I were to dip that sponge in orange juice, and I pulled it out of orange juice, and I squeezed it, what would come out? All right, now let's get, you know, if I had grape juice, and I dipped it in grape juice, and I pulled it out, and I squeezed it, what would come out? You guys with me? So when life squeezes you, right? What comes out of you is the real you. That's what's really on the inside. And we're good as Christians at playing the game. We're good at acting like we love other people, and we're good at acting like we're cool with other folks, when in reality, when, when life presses on us, and circumstances get tight, and we get stressed, the real you comes out. And that was the concern of Jesus Christ. Now, friends, I want you to understand today that a heart that is transformed by the gospel will be characterized by love, not dominated by anger towards other people. The metric isn't, did you just kill someone? That's external, but it's, did you love them? That's a powerful truth for our lives this morning. And as a people, reflecting God's character, all right? Are you with me? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, we reflect the character and nature of God to others. And so... At a baseline, we need to understand this morning, we're not just interested in just making sure that we don't kill someone, but here, but how can we love and forgive them in spite of a perceived injustice? How can we do that? We do that because as has been done to us, so will we do to others. Just as Jesus forgave us, just as Jesus was generous to us, just as Jesus loved us, so we will do to others. Jesus can and wants to transform what is causing your anger and resentment. And we can shift from being angry to showing affection to the others that we serve. How many of you would like to make that shift today, amen? I don't know about you, but I want to shift from being angry and frustrated and irritated because I don't get my way to showing true love and affection and being a person that is filled with joy and the Holy Spirit and love that people actually want to be around. And if you're here today and no one wants to be around you, you might ask the question, why is that? Now, anger can be rooted in many areas, but I want to look at two real quick. The first one is this, is anger can be rooted in unbelief. I think in an area of unbelief, we need to learn to express faith. The first kind of wellspring that fills our bitterness and causes explosions withdrawals. And all these kinds of things is a failure to trust in the good, right, and beautiful providence of God. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you, a few weeks ago, right before we left to go on vacation, I had a day, and it was like the horrible, no good day. How many of you have seen that movie, right? I mean, that in that movie, is a Disney movie. Everything went wrong for that kid that day. And I felt like, man, I I didn't get the right parking spot, or I didn't get this, or I didn't get that, or I didn't get that. And all these things, just one thing, and it was, I mean, just, how many of you have days like that, Right? You want pull your hair out and you want to just tell everybody they're number one and you know you're just you know it's one of those days and i and i knew I knew in those moments that God was teaching me that it is not about me, and friends, I think sometimes we get frustrated and we get angry in our homes or in our jobs we look at all the the, the, the perceived injustices, we look at the slights, we look at the uncertainty of life. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep my job. And I don't know. And, and we get angry and frustrated and we take it out on other people because we're not in control. And at the end of the day, when we learn to trust in the good and providential care of God in our lives, our hearts can be at peace. So often it's rooted in unbelief. But then secondly, it's also rooted in shame. And in that reality. We need to experience forgiveness. You know, shame, and I, I know this for a fact, shame is a gasoline on the fire of anger. Please write that down today. Shame is the gasoline on the fire of anger. There are two sources of shame. Each is a catalyst to anger growing more dominant in your heart, and that's dangerous. Now, unfortunately, by way of testimony, I can tell you today I've experienced anger because of them both being present in my life. Allowing sin to reign at the heart level, listen, allowing sin to reign at the heart level will ruin your life. All right? And here's two ways that, that shame happens in our lives. Number one, secret sin. Secret sin. And, and so to some degree... We think when we see other people, and we know that we've got things in our life that we're hiding, that no one else can see, and so we feel like we don't measure up spiritually to everyone else. And so there's this anger and this resentment in our life that we can't overcome the unwanted behavior, the unwanted sin that we're dealing with. And so the dirtier that you feel, then the more ashamed you feel, the more you're going to lash out at people and and, and get the response that you think you deserve. Sin that goes unconfessed, listen produces a heart of anger. But then here's another one. Selfish expectations. Two areas that cause a shame. Seeker sin, selfish expectations. We don't measure up socially. Shame is birth when you think you should be further along than you are. Boy, I struggle with that, man. I'm just being honest today. and I'm saying this in front of our elders and our pastors today, and I know that they could potentially use that against me down the road, but it's truth, Right? We think that, man, financially, I should be here, or in my job, I should be here, or in my life, I should be here, or I should have this. And so, because we're not where we think we need to be, and we look at other people, and we're like, man, they're posers, man. Like, why can't I have what they have? Why can't I go on that vacation? Why can't I make that kind of money, or why can't I drive that car? And we think, like, oh, I didn't get what they have, so God must not love me. And so, so we have this selfish expectation. And so, when anything that happens that doesn't fit in my mind, where I think I should be. I get frustrated and angry, and maybe you do the same thing. You find this a lot with moms, and that spills over the kids and the traffic and the spouse because they should be better at being a wife or a mother or maybe a husband or father, and this can cross so many platforms and spaces in our lives. You know, moms are, are, are kind of, it's kind of strange because they you know, no one, listen, social media is the ill of our day. There's a lot of good purposes in it. I'm on social media. I like, you know, seeing the things that happen in people's life and celebrating them. But no one posts like, bam, I got a flat tire today. Praise Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We post our best day online and we tend to compare that with other people. Like, why can't I have that? Or why can't that go down in my life? And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to rest in God's delight in you, where you are, and his commitment to transforming you into Jesus. Listen, breathe. And realize it's not about you, but realize God is at work in you, right? Just realize that. It's not about you, but God is at work in you. So we find anger is rooted, but we also see that anger is reckless. In verse 22, I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable That means there's going to be a coming judgment. And then he says, whoever insults his brother. I hope my kids hear this today. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be liable to the cat. Just an insult, right? And he goes and he says, you fool. So like if you call someone a fool, right? And that was kind of a degrading term in their time, right? If you call them and you insult them, there's going to be judgment. Jesus understood. Jesus quite well understood the recklessness of anger. And he understood how damaging it is in our lives. And I don't think we would want our lives to be characterized by anger or hatred. I mean, do you? And I, I, I'm i a pastor, and I think God gives pastors a sixth sense. Not like Bruce Willis in that movie. But I think sometimes, right, I think God gives pastors a sixth sense that we, we can spiritually to some degree detect things in people's lives. And I know from time to time when I'm near folks and I spend time with them, sometimes, unfortunately, I can detect some bitterness in their life, some resentment in their life. And you can see it, and you can see how it colors, if you will, every other relationship that they have. And, and, and if you go back and you look at something, there's something there in their life that they just won't let go of. And it's causing them to be angry. Someone down uh, in the past hurt them or betrayed them or was dishonest with them or whatever. And listen, friends, I want, can we just be open for a moment? If you live in a broken world, people are going to hurt you. People are going to use you. People are going to slight you. Life isn't fair. There are injustices in our world that we can't prevent, but we can, we, can, we, can, uh, we can control how we interact with those moments in our lives so that we can reflect the goodness of God. For so many, there are signs. those signs are our response, responses. And there are signs all around us that we are, listen, not a person at peace. And and, and here's the problem. We don't know, and we haven't experienced God's peace. Yeah, you might have prayed some prayer. And you might have asked Jesus to save you of your sins. And here's the crazy thing. We're willing to trust Christ with eternity, but we can't trust him with the moment-to-moment days of our lives. Right? And so we haven't fully experienced the transforming peace that God offers to those who follow him. So some of us, when we get angry, we explode. Others withdraw. My favorite is passive aggressive behavior, and that's anger too. Making others feel less than to make yourself better to try to get your point across. I was sharing this with my wife as I was studying for the message. I said, you know, if someone does that to me, in the future, I'm just going to agree with them. You know? I heard a story of a pastor who preached a message and he didn't go to college and he preached this message and he sat and he as he was preaching, there was a guy like dead center row, right where Dale and Nancy are sitting, and there was this 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 guy sitting right dead center with his arms folded just like this the whole time. And you just knew that he was a crusty old fellow, and he just didn't he just he, he was gonna be hard to please and so and the guys, and they told him, they said, look, you got to be done in 30 minutes. And he says, you know, I don't preach 30 minutes, but I'll do my best. He said, it took me as long to cut out what I needed to, to get to 30 minutes as it did to prepare the whole message. And so he did that. So after the service, he preaches and this, this fellow comes up right up to him after the service. He says, well, maybe I touched his heart. And he came up and he shook my hand and he said, listen, for someone that didn't have a Bible education, you did a great job, right? It's passive aggressive. And then he said, you know, from then on out, I just started saying, well, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Because then it puts the onus on them to be like, well, maybe they're not getting my message, right? And I'm going to tell you, you'll destroy your marriage. You'll destroy your family if you have passive aggressive behavior. If you, if you have outbursts, we, we all see that outburst. How about the pouting? Your husband or your wife says to you, man, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> That's a win. <laughs> easy, man, easy. Man, I'm telling you, pouting is anger. Passive-aggressive, exploding, withdrawing. Anger will destroy you and what you love. You with me? Anger will destroy you before it destroys anyone else, but then it will destroy those around you. It's reckless. It's dangerous because of the damage it does to our relationships, our friends, our family workers, and ourselves. Hebrews 12 says this, strive for peace with everyone. Boy, I hope you get that out in your Bible today, and I hope you underscore that because our church would be revolutionized. At every level, from our families to our marriages to our interactions with, every, with each other, strive for peace. Well, this guy is kind of mean. Strive for peace. Well, this person, strive for peace. Strive for peace. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That, listen, no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, listen, by it many will be defiled if you're not striving for peace the potential is a root of bitterness which in turn results in others being defiled do you do you really do you really want to be the cause of other people falling away from the faith do you really want to be the cause of other people walking away from Jesus do you want to be the cause of your kids never walking through the doors of a church ever again because because you have this root of bitterness in your heart and in your life, and you're just like, you know, I'm not going to fix this because this person did this to me, and I'm never going to be the same. You can do that, but you'll defile those around you. It's reckless because it gives the enemy a foothold. I know some of you today are probably um, a little too enlightened to believe in the devil, right? But there is an enemy that we face every day. And the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And uh, that's in 1 Peter 5.8. And you may not choose to accept or believe that, but you do it to your own peril. And I want to tell you this morning, allowing anger to grow in your heart will disrupt and destroy the relationships that you cherish. I recently just had a conversation within the last couple of weeks with a family member. Listen, that was upset with me for 25 years. 25 years they were upset with me. I mean, I mean, frustrated. And I looked at him and I said, look, that's, that's not my fault. I said, I get that you are frustrated with me and I'm willing to discuss with you this issue because you've never sought to understand why I did what I did or why I said what I said or where I was at in that moment. But for 25 years, you allowed this to grow in your heart and you've been upset with me for that long. And I'm going to tell you when it was all said and done, it was a sweet moment. There was crying, there was hugging, there was reconciliation. And my friends, that is how the people of God should operate. That's what it should look like. But then it destroys others and those around you. And I've already mentioned that. Anger isn't concerned about loving. It isn't concerned about peace. Most often it's a selfish frustration that I'm not getting what I think I deserve. And while none of us want to be characterized by selfishness or anger, a simple inventory of our hearts and lives reveal the struggle for each of us to be at peace. So many relationships have been ruined by anger. No one wants to spend time. No one wants to spend time with an angry person who is angry, who is unapproachable. Listen, a heart ruled by anger will ruin the best things in your life. A heart ruled by anger will ruin the best things in your life. And I know this, man. I don't want my sins from my past or my current sins to harm my wife or my baby girl's. Because, you know, if I'm not careful, it'll destroy their outlook on life and God. I grew up in a home, and I I love my dad, but I would go to church, and I'd see my dad serve at church, and then I would go home and see him explode on the family. And to this day, I struggle with authority in my life. I struggle trusting people, because I saw that for 18 years it has an effect, it has an impact. And you think, oh man, my sin's no big deal. But that's what Galatians mean when he says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that will he also reap. We often miscalculate the power of sin to destroy those that we love the most. And Jesus is clear that we as his people should be marked by love and not by anger. And so this morning as we think about this issue We want to look at how anger is replaced. We've got to consider how anger is replaced. Friends, I want to tell you, we live in a culture and a society of angry people. You with me? We live in a society of angry people. We live in a world where people are not at peace. So many people live with just a low-grade frustration. I want to ask you this morning, how often do you criticize others? How often do you complain about how things are not going the way that you expected. And you're, you're just, listen, how many of you can just sense this morning that you're just, you're just waiting to explode on the inside? You're just frustrated. And there's this lack of joy and this lack of peace that should characterize your life as someone who has been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We can either show compassion or we can be critical, complaining in our relationship with others. As followers of Jesus, we must be a people whose hearts have been transformed. Listen, has your heart this morning, has it been transformed by the immeasurable love of Jesus Christ for you? Has it been transformed by that? Jesus was our example. And friends, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus was slighted. He was treated unfairly. But yet the most loving thing that Jesus could do was serve and sacrifice for the ones who treated him unfairly. I find it fascinating, and I'm this way, and I hope that I can grow in this area. But have you ever had someone make an accusation towards you? Or someone say something about you? And how quick we are to step into that conversation and set the record straight. And Jesus stood there as they accused him in this mockery of a trial, and he didn't even say A single word. And I've learned in life that when people accuse me or get frustrated with me or they have bad things to say about me, over time I just wait them out. Because you know what happens? After a while, no one listens to them. After a while, like Judas, they end up hanging themselves on their own words because they're angry about something. They're frustrated about something. They're not getting their way. Can you imagine this morning, and I I want you to just kind of dream with me for a moment, but could you imagine the impact this type of love would have on a spouse? What, what 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 would your marriage like, what would it be like if your spouse knew that you loved her unconditionally the way that Jesus loved her? What if, what if your husband knew that you loved him and respected him and even though sometimes he did things that you wouldn't do or the way you would do him or even if he fails the family, you knew that you were in the hands of a loving sovereign God who's guiding and directing him as he leads the family and he knew that you were at peace and he was at peace and there was this unbreakable bond of love between the two of you how would that have an impact on your marriage? If you think about it, what would that be like for your kids? Most of us are good about talking to our kids about when they spill milk or they break a glass. And sometimes we treat things better than we do people. We're more worried about our stuff than we are about what's going on in the heart of our children. And I want you to just consider for a moment, what would our homes look like if we were more concerned about the heart of our children than we were about the things in the cupboard or the carpet on the floor, the couches, or anything that can be replaced. Because at the end of the day, I can't replace Brianna. I can't replace Ellie. I can't replace April, but I can get a new carpet. I can get a new car if they bang the door. I can get I can paint the walls when they, they scratch the walls. All, it just drives me nuts. I want to lose my mind. But I look at those scratches and it's a reminder that God gave me a gift to steward for his glory. Man, what would it be like if our homes were filled with that kind of love? Could you imagine how this type of love and response would have on a coworker? Some of you go to work every day and you're just ticked off. Like today's Sunday and when you leave church today, you're just going to be frustrated the rest of the day because Monday's coming and you just can't stand the job that you're in right now. And everyone that you work with knows it. They just know that you don't like being there, and there's no joy in your life. And really, there's no evidence that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and so there's no salt and light effect uh, in, in, in your life because you're just, you're just mad. And so you treat those around you poorly, and you treat them unfairly, and you treat them as if they're the, the steps to a ladder to get where you want to be professionally. But what would it look like for you to go into work tomorrow with a smile on your face? Right? People would either think you're stoned or that you really love Jesus. It would be one of the two. I mean, for some of you, it would be that drastic. Some of you, it would be that crazy if you walked in with a smile on your face. Like, hey, it ain't legal in Illinois yet, but okay, you know. No, 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 listen. Isn't that what we do? We medicate our issues and our emotions with stuff like that when we should be leaning into who Jesus is for us. Oh, man. So what kind of impact would that have? Friends, listen. What would it be like if your life was characterized by peace? What if you got the anger rooted out of your heart and you were able to really love others? You see, God has called us his people. And we're a people that have been transformed. And the purpose of our church is to multiply disciples for kingdom impact. And this is yet impeded when our lives are not being transformed. So, let's pray that God would transform our hearts to live and love the way that Jesus lived and loved. So this week, I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one, consider areas of anger in its roots. What are you, what are you mad about? What, what are you so frustrated about that you need to root out of your life? Confess the areas of recklessness. That might mean this morning that you leave the service and you go home and you have a conversation with your wife and you apologize for your anger. You might need to apologize to your kids for treating things more importantly than them. You may need to apologize to them. Hey, listen, let's stop the perpetuation of abuse in our our homes, right? Let's stop the the passive aggressive behavior and, and, and say what we mean and mean what we say. Let's stop pouting and withdrawing and let's, let's live lives in a way that's not wasted for the glory of God and for the good of others. And then commit to pursuing Jesus and His love. Could you do that this week? Three simple things. Consider areas of anger and its roots. Confess areas of recklessness and commit to pursuing Jesus and His love. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed. How many of you could say to me this morning, Pastor Jason, I understand... What it means to be a follower of Christ. And I know that I'm, I'm forgiven of my sins. I have a right relationship with God. And I know that heaven is my home. Would you lift your hand and let me see those this morning? Just give that, lift your hand as a way of testimony. Now how many of you say to me this morning, I'm not certain that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've never put my faith in him. I don't know that my relationship with God is right. I don't know that, that um, I'm a follower of Christ and I've been forgiven. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you this morning? Anyone like that at all? Anyone at all? Amen. Now, how many of you would say to me this morning, Pastor Jay, there's some areas of anger in my life. There's some areas in my life that are unsettled, and I'm not at peace, and I know it. My wife knows it. My kids know it. Those that I work with, they know it. And I need to work on that area of my life. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand. No one's looking around. Amen. Man, hands all over the room. How many of you would say this week, I'm going to commit to pursuing to live and love like Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to address these areas in my life. Lift them up, and let me pray for you this morning. Man, amen. Now, just a moment. I know it's kind of weird, but I sense God working today. But I I want to share with you, and I want to encourage you today. And I know we're packed in here this morning, but if God's spoken to you, how incredibly important would it be for you to respond to God speaking to your heart and your life today? Some of you, you are angry and you're frustrated and you need to confess some sin and you need to confess it to God and you need to confess it to others. Some of you need to grab your kids by the hand and walk them down the aisle and pray with them and ask them for their forgiveness. You might need to grab your spouse this morning and say, Hey, baby, I love you and I'm sorry for being the way that I am. and I, it, I need to be different and I want you to be patient with me as I work on. Grab them by the hand and walk them down. Pray together and fight together for the glory of God and for the good of others. So I'm going to pray for you. And in just a moment, John's going to sing with our team. And as the first note is played, man, would you come and step out to the altar and ask God for the grace to live the way that He has called you to live. Father in heaven, I want to thank You so much for Jesus Christ. God, I want to thank You that You love us unconditionally. God, I want to thank You that You delight in us, that You are for us. God, I want to thank You this morning that... That there's nothing in our lives that 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 could be unearthed that would surprise you. Oh, man, I'm just so thankful that you take our sins as far as the east is from the west and you remember them no more. I'm thankful, Lord, that if you could mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you might be feared. And I pray that we'd experience that grace this morning, that forgiveness this morning as we as we do the work, the hard work of growing and changing at the level of the heart. God, I pray this morning that we would not be a people that are characterized by anger or frustration. We'd stop our criticism, our complaining, our pouting, our our unbiblical ways of dealing with life, and that we would learn to live in a way that is aligned with your word. We ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Would you